I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Cell phones, Rawls. Keep tuned here. You're in the right spot. You listen to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. All right. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I'm talking to Alfonso Rawls. You might know Alfonso if you're a fan of skateboarding. He spent many years as a pro skater, riding for folks like Airwalk, Etnies, Drawers, a lot of the great brands. Um, And for as long as he's been skating, he's been designing skate shoes uh, for a lot of those same brands. He was the head of footwear design at DC Shoes, where he designed the Court, which was their top-selling design of all time. Today, he's the founder of Everybody Skates, which is a skate brand that integrates pop culture into uh, its designs. And he's also recently just launched Savali, which is a luxury shoe brand influenced by skate. He's making luxury shoes that you could actually skate in. We have a great conversation. We get into some... uh, some detail about shoe design definitely taught me some things I didn't know. Um, and especially, you know, we talk about the role that culture plays in, in design, um, even for a sports product. Really interesting conversation there. And he gives us some insight into how he's thinking about customer experience and building in transparency and basically allowing his customers to participate in the creative process with him which I think is relevant to so many brands. Uh, whatever you're doing, you probably can benefit from that kind of thinking. So let's get into it with Alfonso Rawls. Seems like you're busy, though. You got, uh, you got all yeah. kinds of good things happening. Always busy, man. Busy's good. Busy's a good thing. Always busy, uh, you know, between my footwear ventures and just yeah. my uh apparel everybody skates yeah yeah um there's always something to do in a day trying to always trying to squeeze 25 hours out of the day you know? <laughs> that's what's up yeah. um yeah. nice well i'm excited to dig into it with you i know we got connected through matt over at the yep. drop and uh, shout out to matt you know we had him on the show a few weeks ago and um and you know he said really good things about you uh, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I'm excited to dig into the story with you. Yeah. So. Um. um yeah. Actually, I, I always have a weird question I like to start with. But um, do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? Do I remember the first record that I ever bought for myself? Probably more of a tape than a record. Let me yep. see. Uh, I don't, but I would have to imagine it was something to do with breakdancing. Maybe it was the Beat Street soundtrack or some shit like this. Yeah. 
similar to your face And there'll never be one to take your place Cause each and every time you touch a spray paint can Michelangelo's soul controls your hands is that right? Were you a breaker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. I was I was break dancing and BMXing uh before I started skateboarding. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's funny. Um and uh um, <clears throat> I mean it's funny, you know, obviously thinking back to that time right when I mean skating was really just kind of becoming a thing. But right. kids, you know, we were we were at lunchtime every day, you know, standing in a circle breaking or watching mm-hmm. breakers or, you know, like that was you know that was that was everywhere yeah yep so funny yeah i remember seeing it for the first time on uh one of these uh tabloid magazine shows i think it was might have been Inter- entertainment tonight or pm magazine i don't know i might be dating myself a little bit <laughs> uh yeah and i and i saw i i, I saw these kids like break dancing in new york and it might have been like uh it might have been the the Rocksteady crew or something like this. And it was just so fascinating at that time. You know what I mean? Being that age, looking for something to do, looking for something to be a part of. And we saw, you know, I saw that. And apparently a few of my friends, you know, around the neighborhood had saw it too. Yeah. And it just, right. it, it just, it just built after that pretty quickly, you know, for too long, all my buddies were breakdancing. I mean, it's what we don't think about it now, but, but I, you know, I think breaking had such a big thing to do with, uh, with spreading hip hop. Right. Oh, that, absolutely. That, you know, it was something everybody could do or could try. And, uh, you know, I remember the same thing. We went to the, my buddy and I went to the Fresh Fest uh, in, okay. in, in Oakland. We lived in San Francisco, but we took the, the bar over to Oakland. And it was like, you know, Run DMC, the Fat Boys, Curtis Blow. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who else. And, you know, we walked into the Oakland Coliseum. It was like, I don't know, 30,000 kids all breaking. And I yeah. was like, you know, I didn't. I thought it was just my school, or, or you know, right. I didn't realize like the impact that it was having everywhere. Right. Yeah, beyond your own scene. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, so that was before skating. Who? How'd you get on a board at first? So, <clears throat> I was killing some time. Local schoolyard that I attended, Libby Elementary School in Oceanside, uh, playing basketball with a couple of friends and everything, and. Uh, Along comes three skateboarders skating onto the campus, and they were just kind of cruising around, having a good time. They just stopped us uh, in our tracks because before that, identified skateboarding the same way as you would a yo-yo or whatever. But these guys were right. kind of cruising and doing tricks and ollies and stuff like that. So it kind of stopped us uh, on the basketball court uh, on our tracks, and we're just you know stopped to, to watch see what they were doing, mm-hmm. and they were ollieing and everything like that. And so after a while of watching uh, these guys skateboard um i had asked one of the guys uh if i could borrow their skateboard and he let me ride it and i was riding for like a half hour and fell in love with it uh, right away <laughs> nice. uh, it turns out that that guy was ex uh, bones brigade team rider for paul peralta uh named wow. adrian domain and um yeah needless to say that was that day changed my life i mean that that, that helped me to identify you know what i wanted to do and and, and in a serious way too because not only was what they're doing fun but the energy mm-hmm. uh, uh you know of, of the way that they presented it you know it, it, it was just so appealing you know especially to a you know a 12 year old kid you know sure so so you say they changed your life did you realize it that day or is that more looking back that you know that that's where it all started well it's it's kind of more or less looking back but that day i knew that was it was something that i seriously wanted to you know partake in and it was shortly after that after kind of investigating what skateboarding was is when i found out that skateboarding was more that that's when i discovered the culture of skateboarding beyond just the activity of skateboarding sure um and i was informed i was really informed of the culture of skateboarding through uh um the bones brigade video show which was one of the first skateboard videos i i watched yeah you know what i mean yeah and so before then skateboarding existed in my mind as kind of an activity something that you did Mm -hmm. but then after seeing that i really identified like oh wow skateboarding is a culture it's a lifestyle it's it's not just what you do it's 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 who you are you know what i'm saying so yeah um yeah those 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 helped inform me what skateboarding uh, in skate court culture uh, was back in the early days. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to talk about that now, right? Because you know we come from these these subcultures, right? These these underground cultures of you know hip hop and skateboarding and and streetwear and these things that like now they're everywhere. Yeah. And uh, but but you know if I can 
remind everybody listening, like, you know, back in that time, right? Like, you, you know, you probably didn't know anybody who was a skater. Or right. like if you if you weren't one yourself, you probably you know I know for me in San Francisco, like skating, um, you know, was, um, you know, it was punk rock thing, it was mm-hmm. a, it was metal thing, it was like definitely. I mean, you know, later I met you know Tommy Guerrero and Cats that were, you know, probably mm-hmm. a little bit more aligned with what I was into, but but at the time it was like very white, very like, right. you know, dirty skater kid. Um, naturally because it was it was an offshoot of surfing right right it was yeah quote unquote sidewalk surfing that's right yeah and so you know it was so like far removed i guess from from what we would consider mainstream culture and Mm -hmm. and now it's like pretty much the opposite right yeah it it is a melting pot these days are you are you so so back to the story at what point did you realize or decide that this was going to be your your career path um, I didn't even really know that there was a career path. Like I said, it was it started off as something I in an activity that I enjoyed doing, and then I was kind of informed of the culture of skateboarding uh, through you know watching videos. And after that, you know, I started kind of investigating the culture a little more, you know, more videos and and uh, magazines and stuff like that. Um, and I just kind of kept on progressing at it. I didn't, wasn't really thinking of a career path per se at that point. Didn't really need to. Lived at home, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just something that you know. It, I, it just it captivated me in regards to I looked at skateboarding almost kind of like a, a blank canvas too, as far as the activity of it. And it just me being a creative person, it, it felt like it, it left me so much uh, blank canvas to explore. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so um, I wasn't really I, I didn't really think about it in terms of uh becoming anything i don't know i didn't really know that there was something to become i didn't know that there, right. you know tony hawk you know i i i was kind of i guess i was probably under the impression somewhat that these guys had side jobs or just whatever you know so um i kind of more or less figured it out probably a year or or two along once i started kind of understanding the dy- dynamic of uh you know okay i'm buying skateboard decks these skateboard decks have names on them right. you know these who are these names and you know they must be making money because their name is you know whatever so mm-hmm. once that stuff started kind of you know clicking um i understood that there was a living to be made but more than anything like i said i was focused on, on just skateboarding the activity of, of, of skateboarding becoming a, you know a, a good skateboarder and you know being a part of the scene and stuff like that um um and just through that i was able to get sponsored and and mm-hmm. really get to discovering that oh wow this can actually be something because at that time it was kind of it was still growing again you know what i mean it was um by the time that i i by the time that i turned pro um skateboarding was kind of in a it it was starting to kind of trend down a little bit Hmm. you know what i'm saying what year was that this was uh 90 okay 1990 and um so um we were we were still actually making a, a, a decent living back then compared to some of what's going on now, mm. but that it wasn't we we weren't really that wasn't initially what was appealing to me. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Sure, sure. And yeah, early on, like early on, like when I was really getting into it, in my early days, I, I didn't really understand that didn't really click that it was a living you know to be made from skateboarding. I was just enjoying. So when you say myself. It was when you say it was trending down. Remind me what what was going on at that time. So I mean, you know, skateboarding is kind of uh, fluctuating the stages, right? And I mean, you know, there'll be tons of participants, and then you know, uh, it will it will kind of you know shrink down every so often. And by the time that I turned pro, it was kind of on a on a downward trend. Mm-hmm. You know, less less kids were skateboarding or whatever. And then there was a you know a boom again in the mid uh, in, in the mid nineties uh, mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know. And I mean, I, I would dare to say there's a huge boom in skateboarding right now due sure. to the fact that there's so many, you know, so many places, uh, to skate. Yeah, I know? bet. I bet. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought about that. And I wonder, you know, if those ebbs and flows are, are important to, to building a culture. Right. I remember, right. you know, back to, we're talking about breakdancing. I remember like, you know, that became such a fad, right. 
that mm-hmm. was on the news yeah. all the time. And and here was hip hop was a, still this very young, very new culture, right? Um, and and you know, I remember they were talking about like, oh, it's you know, it's 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 dying out or or whatever. And mm-hmm. then and then it came back bigger than ever, right? And I, I wonder if that's yeah. an, an important part of how a culture develops is those right. ups and downs. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I would imagine so. I, I would I would imagine that during the lulls, I mean, that's kind of when you get the, you know, that what that's when it weeds out the people that weren't really, you know, dedicated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as, as the ones that stick around, you know, to the the, the next growth cycles. Sure. Yeah, and, and maybe even work harder, right? Right. If things aren't coming as easily. Um, right. And so were you always uh, designing at the same time, or, or when did that start? I was always designing. Designing for me actually started before skateboarding, mm. and me, you know, having the opportunity to, you know, get sponsored and, um, you know, represent brands gave my art a platform to shine. Mm. I was already, I was already doing it, but, you know, getting sponsored by these different companies, you know, allowed me to participate in some, in some of the creative process. And, um, you know, it gave me a platform for my art and I was able to do, uh, you know, board graphics and, uh, contribute, you know, uh, like the, to the creative process of, uh, you know, apparel designs for the, you know, the, the clothing sponsors that I had and stuff like that and help to lay out ads. And so I was always, you know, creating and designing um but skateboarding gave me you know gave me a, a platform to really you know showcase it sure so were you you were already thinking that art and design was going to be your your career yeah like i i, I imagine so I, I don't think i was really too career oriented sure. back in this day you know i wasn't really yeah. kind of thinking about it but i, I guess you know I, I i was yeah i was imagining that i would i wanted to do something you know creative mm-hmm. you know what i mean um Kind of probably was at at a, at a loss at that point, and, and really lucky that skateboarding came along. You know what I mean, and and it allowed me to utilize you know uh, those those assets in a way that you know that that was meaningful to uh, to a quote unquote career. You sure. know what I mean that I didn't really identify uh, initially. Yeah, fair I enough. I was just more or less more or less kind of you know following the passion. You know what I mean even when I got into skateboarding, I was designing you know skateboard decks or contributing to uh, you know apparel designs and stuff like that. It was just me more or less following my passions, you know, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And, um, you know, from there it, it, it had evolved into, um, other opportunities that I was able to apply. Yeah. Uh, to nice. So when we look at the stuff you're doing now with everybody skates and, uh, Savali, am I, am I saying it right? Savali? Yeah. Savali. Okay. Um, uh, there's a very, um, you know, I, I think your, your design approach, your aesthetic is very clear. Uh, and we can see it now. So tell me about how, how that has evolved and sort of how, how, how that take shape. Well, I mean, with everybody's skates, I mean, it's two different things. Yeah. With everybody's skates. It was just me. Um, when I first got onto social media, it, it, it was, it was just the, my idea there was just to kind of showcase some of my footwear design work and mm-hmm. kind of answer the question as to, Oh, what has Alfonso Rawls been up to? You know what I mean? Since, you know, since being heavy and active into skateboarding, uh, in professional skateboarding and so my idea on getting getting on social media was just to you know showcase that and then mm-hmm. once my friends uh i had some close friends got onto social media we just started kind of utilizing that platform to kind of clown each other back, back and forth almost like you know class clowns or whatnot and um we just started kind of creating memes and then posting memes of each other and photoshopping each other or whatever and so um everybody skates was created because I was, I, I, I called one of my friends fat bastard. This is one of the, this is one of the, I had a group of friends. We were just kind of going back and forth, kind of creating memes to clown each other. Mm-hmm. And so I started calling my friend fat bastard, went on to find a picture of fat bastard on the internet. And he had his body in a position that sparked something in my mind. I was like, wow, I bet you I could put the, uh, uh, you know, I could dub him onto a bottom half of, of somebody skateboarding and it would look pretty natural. And so I found a picture of somebody board sliding a handrail and um, dubbed him on top of that and then had posted it with a caption that kind of referenced my my friend, you know, I mean, uh, Vinnie Ponte. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, here, you know, something to the effect of, you know, despite gaining all these uh, all this weight, Vinnie Ponte still has it or something like this or whatever. And so it seemed like my audience was really amused by that. Yeah. And I started 
coming up with different ideas and then it became a thing mm. um initially like i said without without the idea of it ever being a brand it was just something that you know uh, it was a creative expression that i was you know i, I was just utilizing to you know clown my friends and sure. have, you know kind of have a good joke or whatever but then after a while of doing that it, it took a, on a life of itself i started knowing that noticing that other people were posting it and i would get a lot of requests for people saying yo you got to make stickers with that on there or, what are you doing with this you guys make shirts or, or whatever so after ignoring that for quite a bit of time um i i got to a point where i'm like man let me go ahead and print a few you know mm -hmm. if, if for nothing else i'll have some cool shirts to rock or whatever so i print i printed uh, a run to supply the demand uh on social media and um that went really well um so well in fact that it got the attention of supreme in la and they wanted to carry some of the shirts and mm -hmm. so by the time i knew it i was like wow i kind of have something here yeah you know what i mean and so i just kind of started you know pursuing it a little bit yeah um yeah, but i mean for, for for the most part everybody skates is a, is is much more than a brand i i think people associate everybody skates with me as as, as everybody skates being kind of my artist project mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah that makes sense um so so you know before that right you were you were designing for you know so many of the different skate brands um right uh you know i know DC and Circa and Osiris and mm -hmm. a, a long list. Um, right. What was that? What stands out from that experience? What, what did you learn from working with those guys that has helped you now ha with your own companies? Um, quite a bit. So, you know, when you reference DC and Circa and some of the brands that I designed for, these are shoe companies that I designed for. Um, I got, into footwear design through an opportunity uh in 1996 when, when i was approached by an upstart footwear brand that wanted to give me a deal where they would give me a signature a signature model shoe mm -hmm. and give me the opportunity to design uh that shoe um and just during the process i i, I just fell in love with the process of doing that and then and in that process um i ended up creating six different styles of shoes that that were implemented into the, into the line, mm. you know what I mean? Because I presented, I presented 10 shoes mm -hmm. because I was just like, Oh wow, I have to create one shoe that exemplifies me and everything that I like, but it's like, I love shoes. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I'm in a million different directions. I mean, it could look, it, it, you know, this could be dope. This could be, so at the end of the day, I, I submit 10 designs out of which I got my pro model and, you know, five other designs that were, was implemented in the line. So it was really, you know, that, that really thrilled me and, you know, falling in love with the process. Sure. And I just kind of kept with it. Um, and then began getting other offer. I got another offer from, um, a, a, a another footwear brand after my contract was up with the initial brand. And that's kind of, kind of when I really went from just kind of having a creative idea of what, you know, what I wanted to present. Mm -hmm. to really learning the process because they gave me the opportunity to actually take the uh development you know the, the the development trips uh to the factory to really understand what was going on to really see the process oh, nice. um and um and so that that company was uh duffs and so from there um i caught the attention of dc shoes and started designing you know stuff for dc shoes you know, I started Rebel Radio because I wanted to explore how people build meaningful careers in creativity and culture. And uh, I do a lot of mentoring, coaching, trying to pass on what I've learned from my own experiences as well as some of the stories I hear on this show. And it's one of my favorite things to do to help people who are starting out in their careers um, or maybe further along in their careers and, and getting stuck. I think it helps me. It helps them. Um, so I'm excited to announce a new segment we'll be doing on the Stereo app. Make sure you follow us at Stereo.com slash Rebel Radio Net. Download the app. Get into these conversations with us. We're going to be doing live coaching and mentoring sessions from not only myself, but a lot of the guests we've had on this show. Uh, people who, who know what they're doing. They've been through it. They've made the mistakes. They are uh, constantly challenging themselves to get better. And it's an opportunity for you to not just listen to what they have to say, but to join in, ask questions, make comments. It's kind of a compliment to Rebel Radio, but where you get to participate. Stereo.com slash Rebel Radio Net. Check it out now. 
um, when you ask me what I what I learned through all these different, pro- I, I learned a, I learned a lot from every different brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that I worked with because every brand works differently. Mm-hmm. And being afforded the opportunity to you know to go from Castell to Duff's to DC and DC kind of really being uh, the huge launching pad of me being able to design independently for you know tons of different brands. There was a lot of uh, learning throughout the whole process and all the different brands of, of, of how things operated. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a big sponge, you know, throughout this whole thing. And, yeah. um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always kind of consistently, uh, learning. You know, you said something about, um, coming up with 10 designs, right. And, yeah. you know, and I, I always think about that. Like, I think when, you know, creatives like, like you want to have that one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it, whether it's a you know a clothing design or a song or an ad campaign or whatever it is, you you always want to have like here's the thing that I made yeah. for to share with you, right? And, and you know, but but I think that that's um, you know that's a different kind of pressure than exploring 10 different designs where you can you can you right. know, dial up one thing over here and something else over there. And um, I feel like that is so important to the creative process that is sometimes mm-hmm. missed, right? Mm-hmm. Is this, uh, even now, you know, if we think about music, right? Like people are shifting from albums to just the song. And, yeah. you know, you either like the song or you don't, right? Instead of like, well, you have your favorite song on the album and I have my favorite song, but we're both enjoying the same album. Right. right. And, and that, that's kind of, you know, I, I think that's an, a, such an important part of creativity is being able to, mm-hmm. to explore these different things. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so tell me about now launching your own brands. How, how'd you go? What was the decision from designing for other people to, to start in your own? Yeah. So. When I was presented with the opportunity of designing my own line of shoes, you know, what I mean, I started kind of reflecting on my uh, design history and, and, you know, trying to identify what what it is that I wanted to present out of my own brand and, you know, understanding, uh, you know, the process and designing for different footwear categories. My favorite projects were all the, always the ones that gave me the creative freedom to kind of explore whatever I wanted. So what. I wanted to do when I was creating Savali was to give myself a, the, a creative platform where I can kind of explore with no boundaries. And so I chose to do a luxury footwear brand as opposed to a skate footwear brand or, you know, whatever uh, category that limits my creativity. Cause if I'm doing a skate footwear brand, let's say it's like, I'm expected to make full shoes that fall under that category. Right. But if I'm creating a luxury footwear brand, you know, my, my only parameters is, is, uh, creating when you're designing luxury footwear it's like you are designing with the end the end goal of creating the best shoe that you possibly can Mm -hmm. in mind Mm -hmm. to start with you know what i mean no limitations of categories no limitations of materials or whatever so um my idea to establish a luxury footwear brand was to give me the creative freedom to be as creative as i wanted so if i wanted to design a boot style mm-hmm. shoe i can do that sure. without people saying oh you can't skate in that or that's right. not a skate shoe yeah which in all actuality this this is a skate, skate <laughs> shoe, by the way, but it, you wouldn't you wouldn't identify this as a skate shoe you yeah. know what i'm saying or if i wanted to design something that was probably a little bit more inspired by skate but mm-hmm. had some other you know uh, other elements to it that gave it its own personality i'm free to do free to do so and so you know the idea behind Savali was just to create the best shoes through my creative lens and through my 25 years of experience of designing footwear for tons of different categories. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It it was, it it was, it was somewhat selfish in a way, but at the same time I felt like there was a, you know, a, a, a niche to be, uh, uh, a void to be filled in, in, in what I was establishing. And not only that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, luxury, Mm -hmm. but it's really limited. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a, a lot of what we do really has that has a small brand, you know, feel to it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, what, what's an example know, of that? Well, like I said, I mean, it's it, like the stuff that we do is like really limited. They're, like all of our runs will be no more than, a, you know, a, a couple of hundred, you know, uh, 
pairs of shoes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, and in addition to that, it's like the way that we're choosing, to, like the brand's really new. It's, it's two months old, but the way that we're choosing to market the brand is we're taking more of an, a personal approach to the brand. It's like, I'm actually the voice of, of the brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, and, and through that, we're really kind of sharing with the audience, the process you know, behind the brand, you know what I mean? That's so cool. when you think of Savali, there's actually an emotion that you can kind of attach to it. You know what I mean? And um, I'm sharing with the audience, you know, I have plans to share the creative process, share with them the things that go well mm-hmm. and the things that don't go well. Like I just got these samples back and they didn't turn out exactly like, you know, like I wanted it, but you know, through this uh, mistake, whatever made through the factory, I discovered that this looks cool. And you know what I mean? And just, you know, I think that, what happens is I think that everyone gets so caught up in their day-to-day living that, you know, a lot of people don't end up really pursuing their own dreams and goals. And those people really have a strong urge to kind of live vicariously through other people that are doing it. And they're always curious about like, you know, about the creative process or starting their own brand, what that entails, the things that go right, the things that go wrong or whatever. And so I feel like that, that is a really, interesting way to present a brand that is much less about marketing than it is about kind of sharing, you know, uh, sharing and, and kind of um, uh, feeding some of the curiosities of, of just even your average person, even sure. if it's just not a footwear designer to get them fa- to fall in love with your brand, because there's a, a more personal element to the way that you present your brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is, mm-hmm. is, is a big part of how we want to operate. And, and, and I, 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 I think that that's, that is a real awesome small brand feel that some of the bigger brands can't really execute on you know what i mean a lot of the bigger brands don't really to me feel personable you know what i mean right. there, there's not nobody that invokes that um you know that that, that like it, it being a personal thing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean so uh, you know that that's kind of what we're uh, that's that's a part of what we're bringing to uh to the, to the footwear space. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that gets harder the bigger you get. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Definitely. you know, most companies are focused on growth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's an argument to, uh, to staying small and great, but uh-huh. uh, that's not usually the, the path we take. Right. We want to, we want to show, right. you know, continuous quarters of growth and then sell the business and move on to something else, whatever. Um, right. So I wonder. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to engage. I want to engage our audience as well, though. Kind of make them feel a part of a process. You know, yeah. I mean, when we talk about what, you know, uh, what big brands, are, the disconnect between some of the big brands. Yeah. I feel like you know, I want to. I want to engage the audience and, and kind of ask them, hey, what do you think about this shoe with the toe cap, without the toe cap? Right. I want to hear from you guys. You know what I mean? Let's, let's shape this thing together. So I mean, you know, that those are some of the elements and the qualities that I want to. You know, those, those are some of the voids I. I feel like are out there that, uh, you know, Savali will feel real well. So do you think that's something you can do now when you're relatively small or are you anticipating a time when you get too big to be that personal or, or or are you thinking about how to, how to continue that as you grow? Well, I feel, I I feel like this. I feel like if you make it too big of a thing in your head, like a a too big of a production, then it is, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. it's probably not too hard for me to really kind of, you know, come up with, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, two minute, you know, worth of content once or a few times uh, a week to kind of check in with my audience and be like, Hey guys, this is what's going on. Here's the projects that I'm working on, you know, or here's a sample that came back. Here's, you know, share with them the creative process and get some input and suggestions from them Mm -hmm. in regards to kind of what they think about it. How would they see it improve? And maybe even, you know, and this is something I thought the other night would maybe would be as a matter of kind of engaging the audience, maybe it would be cool to even hold the fucking design contest. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where, Hey, you know, for the next, you know, a uh, couple of weeks, submit some of your designs. I, I, cause I've always, I always get DMS of people kind of curious about footwear design. Like, how did I get into it? How do you get into it? Like, sure. you know, how do you do this? How do you, so it's like, I think that there's people and there's probably really awesome footwear designers out there that just don't know, how to even get started. So maybe, you know, give, give them an opportunity to shine, you know, as well. So I have, you know, we have, we have a few different things uh, in mind that we Mm -hmm. want to implement to kind of really, you know, I mean, give that personable feel to what, you know, to what we're doing. 
Yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, you talk about DC, right? And, you know, we both know so many people that came out of there or worked worked for those guys at one point. And I think that's part of what made them such a great company is that they recognized talent, you know, and, and right. gave, gave uh, you know, they, they recognize you, right? And they recognize, you know, all these people that contributed to, to what they were building. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like, uh, that's probably important to, to balance along with, you know, giving your own, your own voice and in, into the brand. Right. Right. Um, what you said something about the, the first shoe, what, what makes a great skate shoe? What makes a great skate shoe? Well, I mean, it's, I think different skaters have different needs, right? Um, you know, depending on the different types of skateboarding that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can express to you maybe some of the key elements that some skateboarders are looking, looking for. And from there, depending on how, what your style of skateboarding, your, your combination of what you're looking for is going to be a little bit different. But uh, as a general rule of thumb here, let me, let me use this shoe as kind of an example. As a general rule of thumbs, let me, I'm going to point out some of the features of, a, of what makes a skate shoe. Uh, general rule, rule of thumb, your high wear area is probably going to be, sure. if you took an imaginary line down the middle yep. of the shoe, and down the middle of this shoe, this whole quarter right here, that's like the danger zone. So mm-hmm. uh, what makes a good skate shoe is taking that into consideration and knowing that the materials and the design that you apply in this area is going to be uh, conducive to, to durability and not you know, picking or fraying or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is uh, heel impact. There's a lot of heel bruises. And for skateboarders that like to jump off of big stairs and stuff like that, right. the impact on your heel is kind of crazy, and heel bruises don't heal that fast. Sure, right. And so you're going to want some kind of impact resistant technology, whether it's a midsole, airbags. I tend to think don't work well, especially when it comes to um, skate shoes, because aesthetically, in order to have a airbag work well enough it has to be thick enough mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of skate shoe airbags that you've seen in the past hate to break the news to you they were already bottomed out right. you know what i'm saying sure, so it's sure. like it almost it was almost harder the plastic that they used were it was almost harder than the than mm. the air because since it was already kind of bottomed out okay so that didn't work that didn't work worked well what i like to do is i like to use um i used to I, I like to mess with the durometers of the uh, the EVA mm. or the midsole, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and 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 figure out the different durometers that that make for better uh, impact. Um, the other thing too is, see, this shoe has is a perfect example of it is lateral stability, mm-hmm. right? You know, what I mean, when you're going at, at fast rates of speed and you're trying to stop yourself sideways, whether you're jumping off your board or whatever, it's like you're going to want that lateral stability. And this, you know, uh, lateral st- uh, stabilizer mm-hmm. helps to do that. Um, you're going to want something that holds onto your foot well, right? So, you know, with that said, you're probably going to want something that's kind of, uh, you know, some 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 skateboarders like uh, high tops, but some skateboarders find high tops to be restrictive. But mm. maybe something with a happy medium that to, that kind of stays on your foot well. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, like you know, like like I said, the the you know, taking in consideration the wear the wear area that I explained being this zone right here, you're gonna want, you know, you're gonna want to keep in mind that when you're doing ollies, and that that and, and so to explain why this is the high wear area area is with skateboarding, you know, the basis of every trick is the ollie, and how you do that is you're lifting up the board with this part of your foot, and mm-hmm. it's coming in contact with the grip tape, so you're basically you know, repeatedly sanding this area. And then what also happens during that process is you rip your laces. Right. And so what you, what, what, what you want to do is you want to keep that in mind as well. And there's a couple of different ways to address that. Mm. You could either have the lacing start, you know, farther up to where it's a little mm-hmm. more out of the danger zone, or in the case of this shoe, I know that you don't see it, but this flap right here acts as a secondary optional layer that you could actually lace behind. And so if you lace behind oh, that, okay. you have a flap kind of covering that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, some of the, some of the key features is, you know, is the, the traction pattern, uh, on the bottom of your shoe, mm-hmm. you're going to need some good traction pattern in order to, you know, maintain your grip on a skateboard deck. Um, and so that's, that's kind of a, a, another part of it. Um, 
and, and then also, you know, it, it, you want something that's conducive to a good board feel. You want to be able to feel your board, you know what I mean? So you don't want the midsole stuff too thick. Sure. Um, I would say, yeah, those, those are probably some of the main key elements to, you know, to be mindful of when designing a, a, a great skate shoe. But, you know, I mean, like that's I said, deep, so, man. That's, that's, that's a lot. Right. But some people, but, but here's the thing though, too. It's like when you're trying to appeal to a, you know, to a, a, uh, you know, a, a group of young edgy kids that are hip, you know, to fashion and stuff like that. I almost dare to say that the aesthetics is going to be the first and foremost, because everything that I just pointed sure. out to you right there, you know, right there don't mean shit. If right. the kid doesn't pick up the shoe, That's you know right. what I mean? Even so much so that it's like, I feel like, with skateboarding's ankle injuries and stuff like that, it's you would imagine that high tops would be more of the prominent, you know, shoe of shoe of choice uh, for skateboarding, but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, almost to the contrary, it's like most most you know skaters, you know, ride really really low top shoes, and mm-hmm. they're not really laced on too well on, onto their shoe, you know, right. onto their foot. And, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the, the skateboarders that are kind of like casually doing, you know, flat ground stuff like that really like a thin, uh, vulcanized, uh, sole, which doesn't offer too much, you know, heel absorption, whatever. Well, I think it goes back but, to what you're saying at the beginning, right? That like, you know, for, for a lot of kids, what brings you into skating is the emotion of it, right? It's, it's the, uh-huh. it's who, who introduces you and, and how you learn about it in your life. And, you know. You know, if you're if you're my age, like everybody you knew skating was wearing van slip-ons, or was wearing right. chucks, or was wearing you know stuff that's not made for you know it has none of what you're talking about, right? Right. Um, right. But you don't care because you, the aesthetic, you know, you're trying to again, you're trying to tap into that emotion, or you're trying to be part of that culture. And, yeah, there's you such know, an aesthetic element to skateboarding for sure. For sure. I mean, it, the the uniform, you know. The uniform signals whether you're in the culture or you're not, right? right? And you could, I mean, you could skateboard literally in anything, maybe mm-hmm. some better than others, but but certain things tell the world that you're a skater, and, right. and some don't. So people are going to gravitate to that. That ma- that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I read something you, you said uh, in one interview about setting small goals and achieving them, and I think you were mm-hmm. talking about learning tricks. So. Ha- how does that apply in your business now? What's an example of, of those kind of small goals that you set for yourself? Um, I mean, there's like in the case of, uh, let's say, uh, everybody skates. I mean, the, the, you know, the first goal, you know, when I identified that it was something that people wanted, it was just basically to see if I could sell some shirts. Mm -hmm. Right. And from there, you know, I identified like, wow, okay, this is actually kind of becoming, you know, becoming a business. And so the, you know, the next goal was like, okay, how, how do I, you know, how, how do I, how do I expand, you know, what, what I'm doing? And then, you know, getting into uh, Supreme and, um, you know, that was, that was another goal. Sure. Um, from there it was, you know, the, the, the other goals was just, to, okay, so how do I, how do I maintain my consistency you know what I mean? How how do I make sure that I'm ahead of the curve? And this is this isn't just a you know a flash in the pan, like you know what I mean? And so you know the goal then becomes like okay, I gotta establish, I gotta stay ahead of the curve, but I gotta establish you know three designs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, uh, at at a time, so then I can always have you know have somewhat of a runway. Um, some of the baby goals, uh, baby steps for Savali, for instance, you know, is, is was just to it's a, it's a, it's it's a matter of, of 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 seeing how much acceptance i guess you can kind of get you know what i mean because it's like it's one of those things where it's like okay people know me as a designer and and all these different things but like how uh, how does that apply when i go to do my own project and mm-hmm. and how do i think my way through telling uh telling a story that's going to be compelling enough you know what i mean and and then and creating the right designs that align you know, with the narrative, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the place, but I have, I kind of, I have like little, little, little mini, mini goals with, uh, with, with starting the brand with, you know, the first was kind of an, an initiating the fine little details. Okay. How are we, how are we going to present the brand? Like what are, what are the designs that represent the brand? I, and I have a business partner that I work with by the name of James that I bounce all these different ideas, uh, 
deals with. And our, you know, our little, our, our miniature goals initially was to kind of identify that, identify the designs that, that, you know, that work with that and then put it out there and see what the, what the input was, was to that and then make whatever adjustments need to be, need to be made. Sure. And then, um, you know, continuing to learn uh, how to expand our, our, our audience and understanding more of the marketing side, you know, to what we're doing. So, so yeah, um, it's a- you know, being being that it's a it's a it's a two man team, there's there's a lot of uh, things to kind of take on. Yeah, and so we're we're kind of we, we've kind of set these little incremental steps to kind of it's not really kind of uh, steps, I guess you would say. This is just kind of understanding the landscape of what you're kind of getting into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, thinking about marketing and branding, right? Yeah. So. You, you kind of have three brands. You have, uh, you know, yourself as as a skater, um, or a or an ex ex pro skater. Um, mm-hmm. You have everybody skates. You have Savali. Um, why? What was the decision to to create these separate brands as opposed to having everything kind of just live under your name? Um. Well. So. Uh, I have my, my three businesses are actually Alfonso Rawls designs, right? You know what I mean? Being, yep. you know, being that I, I do design work for different brands, sure. whether it's product, product designs or graphic designs, I have everybody's skates. And then I have uh Savali. Um, they kind of all started. Well, every Alfonso or everybody's skates is, uh, is a DBA under Alfonso Rawls design. So it's essentially you. the same, you know, it's under the same business, but it's, you know, it, 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 they're different from the sense it's like I, the, I provide ser- services, a service as Alfonso Rawls uh, right. designs. Right. Um, and I ha- have a, basically a, a t-shirt line with everybody skates. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, that has kind of a different feel to it. And this, you know, there's a consistent little, you know, brand ethos that I apply to that. That's different than, you know, me soliciting for work or whatever, do, doing design work. And then I was approached by a different entity, you know, to, uh, to partner up and do Savali. So that quite naturally was kind of positioned, you know, differently as well. And I utilize my resources in which, you know, everybody skates in Alfonso Rawls, you know, uh, my personal mm-hmm. um handles to obviously to, to promote um savali because that's a newer brand right sure um so but they all i mean i think they all they, they all operate pretty individually i mean the brand vibe and what i try to present with everybody's skates is a little bit different than yeah. you know what i try to present for my footwear brand which is savali right and um the services I provide, I mean, that's, it's, it's give and take depending on what, you know, clients I'm working, working with, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's sometimes it's me brace, basically bringing their vision to life. You know I mean? It's much less about my creative vision than it is my execution and me contributing what I know to, you know, to, to what I'm doing to help, you know, bring someone else's creative vision to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, you know, unless the project entails me kind of, Hey, it's a blue sky project. You can do whatever it is that you want or whatever. So, I mean, yeah. they all, they all quite naturally like operate, uh, differently individually. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, you know, it, that's a lot of work running three, three businesses. Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> and, you damn uh, well better love what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, what do you do? You know, I imagine sometimes, I imagine you love what you're doing, but some days you may not love what you're doing. Um, yeah, that's so, be the case with everything. Yeah, of course. Um, so when that happens, what what do you do to, to kind of tap back into, you know, whatever uh, whatever that motivation or that passion is? I mean, for me, Believe it or not, I mean, it, 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 it's it's hard, like, designing graphics are harder than shoes. Like, mm-hmm. to me, I have, like, you know what I mean? I have a gazillion, I, I, I'm one of those dudes that just habitually is off to the corner kind of sketching ideas and stuff, you know, anyways and stuff. So through the past 25 years of doing that, I have such a wealth of, of, of different ideas. And the process of designing shoes obviously is di- a little different than designing graphics and stuff. Sometimes it's inspired by a, a certain silhouette. Sometimes it's inspired by a certain 
colorway configuration that you might have seen or you know uh you know through architecture through you know someone's color palette you know mm-hmm. fashion or whatever mm-hmm. um and so uh what, what, what <laughs> i lost my train of thought i was just saying is there something you do to kind of you know recharge or or tap back into it when when oh. things are uh when things are going you know oh th- the wrong so way so i think i think I, I i think that you know the awesome thing about the internet is that i mean you know you can you can explore on that thing endlessly to kind of reboot any kind of creative uh juices or whatever so between mm-hmm. that which is a huge resource to any designer and just kind of getting out you know what i mean getting out and about you know what i mean going for a little walk or going to the skate park having conversations yeah and stuff like that to reboot kind of helps you still go out and skate not as much as i'd like to but uh i do every once in a while there's a and when i do um it's 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 usually at this local park called prince park here okay. in oceanside that's uh you know about 10 minutes away or so mm-hmm. um my um my my 13 year old uh has taken some interest has shown some interest in skateboarding so i have nice. a, a skate buddy to kind of skate with every once in a while now so that's been cool yeah that's cool um yeah i'm kind of battling a little uh little injury with my left side of my knee that i'm mm. kind of uh in the middle of addressing right now and so that's kind of limited what i've been able to do i'm as sure wait sure. cruise around every once in a while yeah um how much i mean you talked about a 13 year old right and that that experience is pretty far away from from yours when you started skating just in terms of like the aesthetics the culture mm-hmm. you know as we were talking about earlier right now it's mainstream it's everywhere um and, and so are you how conscious of that are you when you're designing or or how do you tap into like where the culture is now as opposed to those things that were were shaping your perspective um you know i kind of start almost every design with my perspective in mind to some degree you know what i mean and kind of you know from there and i I think that's kind of the other thing about savali too it's much i mean not to sound too selfish but it's 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 much about some of the the ideas that i have that i feel i can um i can present in such a way that's going to appeal to the you know contemporary market Mm -hmm. but i mean it it just it, it usually just i mean it's it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, it selfishly kind of starts with some of the some of the things that I think have been cool historically, sure. and that's you know, and 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 you know, that's that's basically what I is is been shaping the brand that and just input and suggestions you know that I hear that I feel it might be valid to yeah. people that I you know I mean uh, I mean consult with I mean that's a that's a much more you know honest approach than you know than the market research and trying to guess right. where the market is or is going to be in, in, you know, six months or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's been, so you, you know, you, you've done so much work for other people and, and have all this experience as a designer. Um, what's been harder than you expected about running your own, your own brands? Oh man, there's just, there's so much to think about, you know what I mean? It, it's, you know, it, it's beyond just here. I got a cool design, uh, you know, let it sell off the shelf. Now. Um, <laughs> sure. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts and stuff to it. Uh, initially, I think with everybody skates, I didn't, I, I, I didn't give myself enough credit for being able to figure out the things I didn't know. Mm. And so, you know, I was partnering up with, with with you know with, with people and it never didn't end up working out and stuff and so once i kind of started giving myself more credit me and my wife and i run the business and i have to like shit i i'd be remiss if i don't you know mention my wife because yeah. i mean she she is a, a a big part of uh what makes things work here on the everybody skates side mm-hmm. you know i mean there's a lot of you know and and, and we were all starting from scratch kind of trying to understand and learn a lot of things that we didn't know about Mm-hmm. you know operating mm-hmm. a business and just uh a lot of research i think that we live we, we live we live in an age where information is just right at our at our fingertips 
relationships. You know what I mean? So it's like whatever it is that you don't know, you can you know spend a little bit of time researching and you'll get a clear understanding of it as to where us, you know, 70s, 80s and 90s kids, like sure. you really wanted to know something about something, you'd have to oh, man. hop on the bus, go to the library, hard you know, work. so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, it, 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 it's a it's definitely a, a, a an awesome tool, you know what I mean, to be able to, you know, dig in your back pocket, grab your phone and, you know, Google this, Google that or whatever. And so that's been really helpful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, the, 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 the help that I was employing, that's kind of all that they were doing anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that negative, the, uh, the work ethic, I guess, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just basically kind of giving yourself more credit to be able to figure out the things that you don't know and, you know, taking baby steps. So fortunately for, you know, fortunately for, for me, everybody skates and everything that I'm doing with it is just, it's purposefully small and mm-hmm. at my own pace. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I said, it's not, it's, it really operates like an artist project, you know what I'm saying? And so I might have something new this week. I might not, you know what I'm saying? If, yeah. if, if the inspiration, you know, hits me, then I'll come up with something, you know, something new. Um, if not, then I still, you know, maintain my, my, my visibility on the platform, but, you know, posting stuff that I've done in the past or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, reintroducing something that might've been a classic in the past. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I've been, I've been, I've been operating everybody skates now for the past, you know, five years. And, you know, fortunately, you know, for that and the process is I've had, you know, five years worth of graphics that, uh, you know, that are classics and people like, and so I'll, you know, reintroduce some of the uh, oldies but goodies, and, and and the kids, uh, they love it. Yeah, I bet. Um, so you talk about partnering with with your wife, and and is it James? Yeah. Oh, so me and my wife—that's that's everybody skates. Uh, right. As 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 far as Savali goes, yeah, my partnership, uh, my partner in, in in that is James. Got it. James so so um, what what makes you, what do you do to be a good partner? Especially with your wife, I mean that's that's a partnership which uh, can probably either work really well or um, you know have big repercussions if it doesn't. Right. I mean, how how do we make it work out? Yeah. I think. I mean, it it starts with a good solid relationship, and I think we've always had that. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's just, it's it's communicating and it's playing. You know, it's it's playing our parts. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm the creative person i'm you know i have my sets of responsibilities and duties coming up with the ideas mm-hmm. executing on the designs you know posting and marketing and stuff like that and uh you know she she's more of the organizational you know aspects of it she you know makes sure that whatever uh teas and stuff that we need you know those are ordered and mm-hmm. uh you know she handles the um you know the, the the relationships with the printers and you know and and um packaging and shipping and, and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, there's a clear understanding of the daily operation and we just play our roles. Uh, same thing with, uh, with, um, same thing with, uh, Savali, you know I mean? It's really, really kind of just a two man crew, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the daily operations, myself and James and, um, you know, between us two, you know, um, all of the designs get done, the marketing, you know, gets done and, you know, the, uh, production and, 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 you know, managing, uh, the production and all that stuff gets done between, you know, just basically us two, or actually we have sure. a third person, you know, that, that works remotely uh, out of Seattle by the name of Ivy mm-hmm. um, that helps us as, as well. But it's, you know, it's, it's lean and mean, you know, and it's, it's us figuring things out together and just, you know, playing our roles. Hey, if you're enjoying this one and you want to go deeper into the skate world, uh, let's go back in the Rebel Radio archives. Check out my interview from last year with Persuay. Uh, Persuay was a great designer as well from, from a bunch of skate companies, including DC, and is the creator of Bunny Kitty and, uh, and has created his own brand and, and business around his art. So uh, you might like that one too. Are you thinking just about where where skate culture is heading? Are there um, are there young skaters that you're you're watching that it, that inspire you? Um, yeah, I mean, I 
you know, just just kind of like when I was a little kid and I was figure, figuring out what boards uh, to buy. It's like whether you know it or not. Like back in those days, it's like I I I, I like skateboarding. I feel like it's so evolved now, and everyone's done just about everything. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, with with that says, it, it it becomes about more than just the trick being done. It's the person that's doing it. The mm-hmm. you know the the um, I I'm I'm kind of drawn to like the personality you know what i mean okay. kind of like the holistic approach of like what makes it what, what makes an awesome skateboarder you know what i'm saying so like, it's like give me an example like who who's somebody that the story you're following oh did i lose you oh um let me see like uh okay i like i like a shot right not only is he dope but it's just like the way it, it just seems like everything that he's doing is just so spontaneous and then you know just even his personality is kind of really spontaneous and you know um you've been kind of been able to get good glimpses of, of his personality through different vote videos and and, and and the way that he, and the stuff that he posts and stuff and that's that's really cool mm-hmm. as well um uh other artists uh who's the let me think There's other skaters like uh like Caballero still really inspires me, right? Mm. Like that's you know someone that's been doing it forever, but it's like mm-hmm. you know I, holistically, it's like I, I really love the fact that he's just a you know not only an awesome skateboarder, but it's like I'm also connecting him connecting with him on the level of like you know being an artist and and, and stuff like that, and you know and, and although I'm not an, uh, a a motocross guy, just the fact that he does it sure. and you know it, it it intrigues me. It's all those little elements, you know. What I mean, I feel like that, that you know, that intrigues me about you know a skateboarder. It's it's like becomes not just about the trick, but the personality, I guess, behind the trick. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, whether whether it's consciously at first, like when you're younger, uh, or, or 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 I mean, subconsciously when you're younger, or, or consciously now, like when you kind of think like, what what is so awesome about that guy? What makes him dope? You know, in my mind, and it's these these other elements. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like. You know what I mean? Because it's like I've been skateboarding for, you know, damn near the 35 years. And so I've done, I've seen most of it, sure. you know. Yeah, of course. And so it's it's a combination of a few different things, like, I, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I got to get to a little lightning round before I let you go. Uh, right. So let's, let's do that. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? You know, I think for some reason, New York is on my mind. You know, I mean, I love how densely packed it is. And like every time, you know, I've been to New York, you know, a, a handful of times and you never, ever really get to see all of New York. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And yeah. There's just so much to discover about it. So, um, you know, if you're a person that likes to discover new things and, you know, be around, you know, uh, exciting energy and uh, creativity and, you know, uh, that type of stuff, I think New York is the spot. Um, I agree. And, and I, um, it's funny you say like, you know, I, a few years ago, I started staying in different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I stayed in the Upper West Side, Upper East Side, you know, Brooklyn, just kind of moving around my, my hotels. And uh-huh. uh, and you have a totally different experience of the city. And I think, yeah. like, most cities, it's hard to do that because they don't, you know, all the all the hotels are downtown or whatever. I guess now we can do it with Airbnb. Right. But, um, right. Yeah, no, that's great. What uh, little... little uh, Part B, um, what's your favorite city to skate in? My favorite city to skate in? Ooh, okay. Uh, Vancouver pops to mind. My memories of Vancouver. It's been a while since I've skated there, but I mean, between all of the awesome, you know, uh, downtown skate spots and the, you know, the the, the scenery there, and then, you know, uh, it it happened to be a, a, a... pretty awesome place for skate parks too the last time i i Mm. I visited nice so yeah i would say vancouver pops pops to mind that's cool who's your favorite dj that's a good question um like i said these answers can can change depending on when you ask them to me but right now what pops in my mind because i've been on a little uh cash money millionaires kick Manny Fresh. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I've also kind of historically been a, a, a long-time Gangstar fan, so DJ Premier. Nice. Two great ones for sure. Mm-hmm. What's the last great book you read? Not a big book reader, man, if I can okay. be perfectly honest with you, but the last book I read was a Michael Jordan, mm. um, one of Michael Jordan's books. Um, I don't have it quite here right now, so that was one of the books that I uh, finished, and it was a while ago, so I don't remember the, the details. But. Right. 
yeah nice i love audiobooks because i'm at all i'm always at home working yeah. <laughs> you know? me too I'm, so, I'm, but, I'm all about the audiobooks yeah. um and jordan you know obviously great uh icon not only for sports but for shoes sneakers yeah so yeah 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 very oh, yeah. relevant to you um i just read a, a great article about the you know about how i think it was titled like nike mastered the art of storytelling and it was mm -hmm. about the the inspiration that they brought into you know all the different shoe designs from tinker and and some of the other designers um uh -huh. is very uh similar to a lot of what you're talking about mm -hmm. what what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life what movie do I think I've seen the most in life in my life? That would have to be the movie Friday. <laughs> that would have to be the movie Friday. I mean, for a period of time, it was like you know we were watching that every day, and it kind of, you know, it, it 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 started off with. I mean, <laughs> when I first started smoking smoking weed, I don't know if I can tell this story. It's pretty funny. How whatever it is, what it is, but uh, sorry I, with me. I, uh, uh, a buddy of mine by the name of Bucky Lassick used to come into town and come and visit me from uh, Baltimore. Mm. And um, we would spend fucking every night watching Friday <laughs> and smoking and laughing like it was the first time every time we watched it. I'm sure. And um, yeah, I'm probably, you know, I probably watched that about a good 50 times. Nice. It's a great Classic. Movie. Yeah, for Classic, sure. Classic, for sure. Um, name someone you haven't met who has taught you the most. Someone that I haven't met that who has taught me the most. Um, good question. That is a great question. Someone that I haven't met. I guess I. I mean, being that I'm in footwear, maybe Tinker Hatfield. Okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what I've learned from him. Like verbally but i mean just kind of uh, you know identifying with what he's meant to the culture and you know uh of, of you know footwear and um some of his you know trying to analyze some of, some of his design language maybe possibly sure but dude man this is such a great conversation i appreciate you making time for this um right on thank you yeah it's great you know i'd love to have you back anytime hopefully we can do it in person one of these days um yep, sweet i definitely want to encourage everybody to check out everybody skates and savali shoes get check your uh get your pre-orders in for savali because i know everything is limited and sells out quickly yep um dude thanks for doing this hey that was alfonso rawls on rebel radio i hope you liked it i know i did um make sure you check out everybody skates online get you some savali sneakers they are dope i'm wearing a pair right now and um and i'm really happy that i am uh make sure you're following us on the stereo app it's stereo.com slash rebel radio net you'll get notifications about when our live mentoring sessions are going uh they're going to start next week and they're going to happen pretty rapid fire so you're definitely going to want to know about them stereo.com slash rebel radio net